Welcome to season five of the Pastor's Table, where I've got myself so excited about what God is doing. How And so we've come to share vision. We want you to have vision. We want it to come alive. We want to see you thriving in the body of Christ. It's our heart. It's God's heart to believe what he has spoken and then to see it come to pass. I believe these episodes are going to charge you and, and bring up and let the command of the go in Jesus to be a go in you. And you'll love it. You'll have fun. I would take notes if I were you and, and just prepare to have fun and to love God more than you have before and enjoy every moment. God bless you all. Looking forward to hearing your great reports of what God is doing as you lay hold of his heavenly vision for your life. God bless. Hi, welcome back to another season of the Pastor's Table. We're so excited about what God has been doing in our midst and what he's continuing to do for you. And so here we are again. Hi. <laughs> and so I want to start off this season talking about vision. Everybody's got one. God has talked to you. You've got things inside, but how do you get them from inside to outside? Let's look at Acts chapter 26, and I think there's some very interesting things that are happening here right before Paul talks about his encounter with God, and I think that's really the core, but let's not, uh, I could get ahead of myself very quickly here, so I'll try not to. Verse 15 of Acts chapter 26 starts this way, Paul is saying to God, who are you, Lord? Because God just knocked him off the horse. Mm -hmm. He said, I'm Jesus whom you persecute, but rise, stand upon your feet, for I've appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness. Both of these things which you have seen have those things in the which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles whom now I send you to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. There are so many things just locked up in those few verses, but there's a few crucial things. First of all, let's start with the encounter he has with God. He was not in the best of places. And lots of people that we meet as pastors come along with us and they, all they do is tell you all the reasons why God shouldn't use them and further why we as pastors should reject them. Mm. They all got to, already have it figured out in their head. God's got no place for them and they'll line up every failure, mistake and all the misses in their life. And then they'll come to us and dare to love, you know, dare us to love them as well. But that's not going to work with God, and it's not going to work with us either. Mm -hmm. Amen? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's nothing more wonderful in life than an encounter with God, where you have your own personal Acts 2 experience, where the mighty power of God comes on you, shakes your very being, and your heart is stirred so that you cannot resist anymore. That is the core of of why I do what I do, and I think why they do too. Mm -hmm. Amen. <laughs> I would agree. Hey Amen. Have you been shaking, Pastor? <laughs> Absolutely, I've been shaking. Yeah, when when uh, I remember specifically, uh, I was praying and and just seeking the Lord, and things were happening in my life, and it just and it just it like I don't know I don't know quite know how to describe it, but you you just that that idea that 
oh, I just got to do this kind of comes up on the inside of you. And it just, it's like it, for lack of a better way to describe it, it kind of comes all consuming, but it's not quite because then you would take over yourself and that'd be bad. So it's, a, you know, it's about hearing when you hear the Lord like that and it's humbling at that point as well. When I, when he was talking to me about being a pastor and, and I, it, it was a humbling experience, yet it was a powerful experience all in the same breath when I, when I, I, I experienced and I started to realize that this is what God's put on the inside of me to do. And, and it's like, Lord, you know, I'm, my first, one of my first thoughts was like, well, you know, I, I'm just not, I'm not qualified. And he's like, yeah, you're right, but I am. <laughs> amen, amen. Um, but just that, um, it, it comes up from within you and it's like a propulsion system kind of from within you that it just, it starts you down a path and you don't quite know what the path looks like, but it starts you down the path. And, um, I was just reading a book on vision and, and, um, the person who wrote the book was saying that, you know, what God had shown them at the beginning for their vision, um, he kind of had this idea in his heart, in his mind, kind of what he had seen when the when he first saw the vision from God. But when he looks at it now, what's happened with it, how it is just completely eclipsed what was first there. And and basically along the whole road it's just it's just him coming back to the Lord about it and hearing the Lord about it and just kinda, of, okay, not putting our own barriers or boundaries on what it should look like, but allowing God to define that and then watching it just grow and, and like a snowball going down a hill, right? And it just getting bigger and bigger and, and more wonderful. And yeah, I could. Amen. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, every person receives a vision differently yeah. and yeah. uniquely yeah. to yeah. how God works in them. Obviously, not everybody had the same encounter that Paul did. Nope. Yeah, I wasn't killing Christians. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I was like, I'm going to be a teacher. But but mine was like a, like a knowing just from a very young age. Like, like, I feel like it just came up from within me. Like, no one, like, told me. But it was something, this is what I'm going to do. And it was a knowing. And, and everything that I kind of did... Like I had certain gifts in me and everything that I was attracted to and wanted to do related to that. And so, you know, so I was always wanting to do that kind of thing. And it was, it was so interesting because this still sticks out in my mind was when um, we were talking and one day um, a lady had mentioned that, you know, she was having, she was very apprehensive about teaching the Sunday school class and, and, uh, and uh, that that there was going to be this person, this child there. And she was very concerned that she didn't know if she could handle this child, like, you know, with their needs and, and that kind of thing. And I was little, I was in the class mm -hmm. and I came in and I was like, Oh, and I was just doing being myself. And I don't even remember this situation, but she, she, she told it that it blessed her and it relieved her. She's like, Oh, I can do this because I was there helping this other child and I was just a child in the class as well. Mm -hmm. And so like, I think like a vision, it was, I just like, it, it just, when I was chatting with other people who were like trying to figure out what they want to do in life, I'm like, how can it not be clear to you? I'm like, I, like I have this knowing. Mm -hmm. And so I like vision and knowing 
are together wrapped up really closely. And then, um, and then also too, when, you know, I moved into being a pastor here at Celebration Life Church, I was like, well, how is this going to all fit together? I'm going to, I'm a teacher and, and a, a pastor, and I just don't know, how is it going to fit? How is it going to fit? And, and, but I was like, I had, I had, again, had a knowing mm -hmm. from yeah. Holy Spirit that it will work out. I just need to make the steps forward and it fits because it always will fit mm -hmm. when he with, with what he's called you to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. I think it's interesting. Both of you said it came up from the inside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And certainly, I mean, when they talk to the others, if you go back to the story where this unfolds earlier in the book of Acts, you'll find that the others didn't, didn't hear all that was going on with no. Paul. Mm -hmm. so, so they're, even though it was, sort of public. <laughs> I mean, obviously he gets knocked off and he's blind. That, that part they got. Mm -hmm. But the conversation with him and God mm -hmm. was personal. Yeah. And they didn't know about those parts. Mm -hmm. But they certainly saw evidence. And I think that that's, that's a real key in a lot of our vision. When it's God, it evidences itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you started to do the things. They were there. They were inside mm -hmm. of you. I think every person that meets you knows you're a pastor very quickly. <laughs> you just have that. It, it just, you don't have to work it. It's just there. Uh -huh. You're very pastoral in that uh -huh. true sense of the word. How about you, pastor? Well, um, it was different for you, I know. <laughs> yeah, it, it was very much so. Um, I really didn't. It, there, see, I got born again when I was six years old. So from that point forward, there were things working in me that I didn't understand. And so I can look back on my childhood and teen years and see evidence of the call of God in my life then, but not really understand. It was coming out in a lot of funny ways because I wasn't following the Lord for the most part of it. But at one point in time, um, I... I had decided in my later teen years that, yeah, I'm going to follow the Lord. And I got connected with a, a little church that was just starting up and became involved in it. And it was at that point of becoming involved in the church that when I realized that there are some abilities that I have that I didn't know that I had. Mm -hmm. And so they started to function within the context of being a part of the church. It was only after that point that I began to realize and have a vision for uh, what God has called me to. And, uh, and then over the years, that has grown and developed at times. Um, but I would say that uh, when it comes to vision and that sort of thing, and it's easy to look around and say, well, I'm just me. I don't really have a vision for this. I don't have a vision for that. And, and so uh, in, a, in a lot of the examples, I mean, I'm talking to you here, and all of us here are at the pastor's table. So there's, there's a ministry vision that we have, but not everyone's called into a place of ministry, so then what's the vision then? Mm -hmm. And so I would encourage each person to be connected to the body, the local body in the church, because you'll find a purpose and a vision connected to serving in the body, being a yeah. part mm -hmm. of the body. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, it might not be in a ministry position in the sense of a pastor or, or apostle, prophet, you know, evangelist, teacher, or pastor. It might not be in that fivefold ministry, but that is doesn't mean that it's any less of a vision mm -hmm. or any less of an important part to play. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're reading here about 
about uh, Saul when he becomes Paul, right? Mm -hmm. This is Saul being confronted by Jesus, and at the same time he's being confronted by Jesus, he's also getting a vision. Now we're reading later in chapter 26, when Paul is recounting this vision to King Agrippa, but if we flip back towards the beginning, or I guess it's in the middle of the book of Acts, um, after this event that he's talking about had just occurred, Paul, or sorry, Saul at the time was blind, and so um, he was in a house at, on Straight Street, as the Bible tells it, mm -hmm. and there was a different person mm -hmm. whose name was Ananias. Mm -hmm. And the Bible doesn't say he was a preacher of any kind. It doesn't say he was uh, a fivefold mm -hmm. minute. It just says there was a disciple named Ananias. He also had a vision. Mm -hmm. He had a vision of the Lord speaking with him, saying, Go lay your hands on Saul and pray for him to receive his sight, and he will receive the Holy Spirit. And so he had a conversation with the Lord, like, Don't you know who this guy is? And he's trying to kill us all, and you want me to go talk to him? And so on and so forth. And so, of course... I think Jesus knows what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. And so he, he said, no, I want you to go. He's my chosen instrument to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. Go, get going. So he did. Now, he had a vision too, Ananias. And it was a very important one. Yes, he did. Because you can see from that moment forward, uh, Paul received his, who was Saul, became Paul, received his sight and was able to go forward and immediately began to preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. There's an immediate effect, and of course, we're reading a New Testament that's two-thirds written by Paul. Mm -hmm. So, obviously had great impact for many generations and is still having an impact now. And yet, the person yeah. that brought about this great thing that we have, um, that was Ananias. Mm -hmm. It was a disciple, not fivefold ministry. Yeah. So regardless of whether you think you're called to be in ministry or not, God still has a vision for you personally mm -hmm. and a part to play that we can't measure by small, medium, large. No. We just measure it by obedience. Yeah. Yes. Did I do what I was told? Mm -hmm. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. You know, there are some people who are even who are very much called as teachers. It used to be a respected call. Uh, physicians. Lawyers actually at one time were respected, and uh, I understand where people are at now, but they considered that a call and an honor to serve in that capacity. And so we, we don't look at them and think, well, ministry is the only vision or yeah. the only call. Like you said, there was a time uh, many years ago, and, and I've shared my testimony at different times before. Many of you know that I had a, an encounter with God in September 1974, I'm not sure if I gave the date before, but that's that's when the Lord really spoke to me and, and had the power of God come on me. But years later, I was in some meetings and and there was this person and we were just in a restaurant, but I'd noticed them kind of come and go, going and I really felt that I should ask the Lord to, to for the, by the Lord's unction to go, have this person pray for me. And I was in the restaurant, we were finishing lunch and I saw them again and, I, and I, the, we were running out of time. The conference was almost over. So I went to them and I said, look, I said, it's just been really on my heart to meet you. This is my name, blah, blah, blah. And asked them to pray for me. <laughs> they weren't a minister, and they said so after. And they were just a person who just gave themselves in obedience. Well, they stood up in the middle of that restaurant, prayed <laughs> in loud, bold tongues that would make any person crawl under the table, <laughs> and uh, cast a devil out of me <laughs> in public. <laughs> with all kinds of ministers everywhere. 
and came against the spirit of fear of man. Come out of her, he says, and he's shaking my head. I'm like, well, praise the Lord. <laughs> but it was, it was something I needed. Yeah. And, and it helped me tremendously overcome because no matter who you are or when you're called, he had, he, he killed people. Paul had killed people as Saul and, and killed Christians. And there were things he had to get through and praise God for those people who were called to love him and pray for him and serve alongside of him. That man loved God and prayed for me with everything he had in within him. And I was the better for it. And I'm grateful to this day because fear is a terrible thing. Yep. And I wanted to obey God. And I, at that point in my life, I, I mean, I was aware that I was nervous about what other people uh, thought about me mm -hmm. or how they viewed me. And I was walking in fear of men. And so I got free of that. And I don't regret it, not one little bit, although at the first, in the initial moment when he began, I was a little <laughs> challenged. But, but then I was better after. Uh, the place of vision where God speaks to us yeah. is a great place. And he might call you to something different. We don't want you, any of us here, to have you think that what he does in you is small. No. Because he takes the, that might, like the woman who came, and all she had was a mite, and she put it in. Now, interesting, because when people talk about money or things like that, they think, oh, well, that's, you know, that's private. You know, the left hand doesn't know the right hand was doing. Well, Jesus was watching her give that yeah. little bit. Mm -hmm. Jesus was watching them, what they gave in the offering. Jesus watches. Mm -hmm. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, there was no, like, like, and I don't think he was, like, trying to hide that he was watching. No, yeah, no, right. no, I don't think so. <laughs> and he told, and he tattled him on, on his own self. That's right. <laughs> I was watching what you gave me. And, and that's when you will give what he gave you. Now, I understand the gifts and callings were without repentance and things like that. He's not asking for them back. Mm -hmm. But there's a place of surrender in what he gives you vision-wise. God, this is your vision. How do you want me to live it? And there's there's a surrender back. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, yeah. it's yours. He'll give you the call. He'll give you those things to do. But when there's a surrender component mm -hmm. where you say, I'm yours, God, whatever yeah. you want to do, mm -hmm. that's when things get fun. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, because it's like a, a lot of the language around it is, is it, this is big on my heart. Yes. And so that's like a big, like, you know, ding, ding, ding vision. <laughs> this is big on your heart. You yes. know, that, that this is something that you feel, you know, that God has called you to do. And, and chances are when you, you know, you feel that it's like, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. That seems so very big, but he never meant for you to do it on your own. That's right. And it's something that you're going to accomplish with him. Mm -hmm. not without him. That's right. And so, and, and like I said, I just didn't know how things would work out. You know, mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I, I, I didn't need to look like I, he gives you the end picture, the end goal, this vision. Um, but then there's your day and the, the obedience in your day leads you to your future. Mm -hmm. And so what you do to obey him today is, is leading you into his future or your future. Mm -hmm. I just read about a family who used those exact words. Mm -hmm. This was big on our hearts. Mm -hmm. Her and her husband left their jobs and they live in British Columbia and they have six children. 
And so they walked away from provision because they had something big in their heart. Were they going to go in the mission field? Were they going to go? No. What was big in their heart is to have a bean, like a coffee company, and cook coffee. And they're supporting their, and they've got everybody involved. They uh, homeschool, and they use their business as part of the homeschooling program. Mm -hmm. And they called it Six Beans because they have six children. Mm -hmm. And, but it was big on their heart. Mm -hmm. And they obeyed that vision. Yeah. And it, and it took off almost quicker than they expected. <laughs> kind of got out of control very fast mm -hmm. in that way. So when we talk about vision, it's what God puts in your heart. Mm -hmm. I like this. Mm -hmm. And as pastor said, it comes out of there. Yeah. And it might not be what everybody around you says, mm -hmm. but that's not what's important. No. What's important is what he says. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.